0: You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. There are billions of neurons in our brains, but what are neurons? Just cells. The brain has no knowledge until connections are made between neurons. All that we know, all that we are, comes from the way our neurons are connected. Tim Berners-Lee from Weaving the Web 1999. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joseph Frischella. Dr. Frischella is the director of the Division of Clinical Neuroscience at the National Institute of Drug Abuse in Bethesda, Maryland. Today we are discussing brain development and addiction. Hi, Dr. Frischella. I appreciate your taking the time to join us at the Clinicians Roundtable. Thank you. Is addiction a developmental disease?
1: Research now is seeming to indicate that it, in fact, is. We are looking at a number of studies that are showing results that suggest that the earlier you start, uh, the more likely you are to become addicted.
0: And as it changes in the brain, I should have put it as a developmental brain disease, I think. Right. As a pediatrician, I'm well aware of fetal alcohol syndrome, coke-addicted babies. What have you learned from your research on structural and metabolic changes in the brain that correlate with prenatal exposure?
1: It's a very hot area for us. We have a number of prenatal cohorts that we've been following for a number of years. And we are seeing some subtle, I can't say that they're real large changes, but there are some subtle changes, cognitive arousal, et cetera, that we're looking at and some behavioral changes in early childhood. We're following these children into the teenage and, and adolescent years, and we are starting to look at the differences here, one of the big questions for us is, do these children who have been prenatally exposed have some future vulnerability to drug seeking? And some preliminary studies seem to suggest that that may be the case.
0: Are other developmental disorders, I know ADHD puts somebody at risk for other drug disorders and comorbidities. Are there anything else you've seen that perhaps increased vulnerability or developmentally immaturity that leads to more drug abuse?
1: Well, one question that we still need to answer, and I think brain imaging studies will help us to come up with some of these answers. The question is, does prenatal drug exposure affect certain areas of the brain that are important in uh, reward as well as in, um, we talked about breaking systems in, in addiction, Um, do they affect those areas? And so I think with some new brain imaging techniques that we're seeing right now, we are starting to look at brain circuitry and development and uh, looking at how drugs affect the normal development process.
0: Which areas of the brain are specifically involved?
1: Well, the frontal areas, again, these are areas of uh, executive function and these are the areas that allow us to plan ahead and to resist the temptations of a number of risky circumstances are the last to develop. We used to think that the brain was pretty much uh, fully developed by the age of five. We're learning that that's not the case. We know now that brain development continues throughout the life, and certainly some of these cortical areas are not well developed until the early 20s and maybe even later.
0: Do you see changes also in the somatosensory areas? I know smell taste probably are significant factors in triggering memory that perhaps lead to craving.
1: right. Those systems seem to be laid down pretty early on i 'm not aware of any major changes in in those, but you do you do mention some of the issues of craving and some of the emotional content, and a number of studies are looking at areas involving structures like the amygdala and uh, emotional responses to cues.
0: You mentioned earlier the prefrontal cortex and its immaturity. Are there any studies ongoing or ways you know of that might speed the development of the prefrontal cortex?
1: Well, that's a very interesting and encouraging area of investigation. We are looking at ways to actually maybe not speed the development. I don't know that we're, we're anywhere near or anywhere close to coming up with ways to speed development of brains, but maybe we can exercise certain areas of the brain and allow behavioral exercises to strengthen some of the connections between certain areas of the brain.
0: I could probably use some of those. Anything you could suggest to me and the audience?
1: Uh, maybe riding a motorcycle to to create new synapses or something.
0: Oh, I don't do risk-taking behaviors. <laughs> ah.
1: Anything Anything, anything safer. Yeah. Well, you know, a number of people are looking at some of these video games to uh, exercise their brains. But uh, in terms of specifically working on areas of frontal cortex, there are some studies showing in areas of language and dyslexia where uh, they can take children with dyslexia and put them through an intensive behavioral treatment where they actually give them some interventions and then they scan their brain beforehand and they scan their brain afterward and they see that in fact their brains normalize and their function increases. So there are exciting new areas to link brain imaging with some of these behavioral tasks.
0: In your neuroimaging
1: studies, do you
0: find any gaps in the early brain other than the prefrontal cortex, any other areas of vulnerability?
1: Well, certainly studies have shown the effects of drugs of abuse on particular areas of the brain. A number of studies have looked at the glucose utilization, for example, in cocaine abusers. And glucose, of course, is the sugar, which is the fuel for the neurons in the brain. And studies have shown that in chronic drug abusers, their uh, overall glucose utilization uh, is, is depressed. And this seems to be a persistent finding. And Not to say that it will never come back because studies do show that, in fact, the brain does normalize if one stays off drugs. But the time, it takes quite a lot of time for that to happen.
0: With glucose utilization, you're looking at metabolic activity. Does that correlate with, be it GABA glutamate, serotonin, acetylcholine. In other words, are the other neurotransmitters involved? Are they measurable? Do you see changes?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, There are a number of ways to look at the brain, and I guess one of the nice things is that brain imaging now affords us this opportunity or openness to look inside the the human brain and, and of a person who is actually alert, awake, and behaving. And so, There are a number of ways you can look at different systems. You can look at them structurally. You can look at them functionally. And the nice thing about some of the functional magnetic resonance imaging is that you can look at brain structure and function while people are behaving in a specific task. But, yes, certainly the different transmitter systems uh, are being studied and are affected.
0: Other than the prefrontal cortex, you mentioned structural changes other areas in the brain where you see structural change taking place through your imaging techniques?
1: Yeah, there are a number of studies showing changes in dopamine D2 receptors and, and populations of dopamine D2 receptor populations and in many drug-addicted uh, individuals, um, many different drugs. So for cocaine, alcohol, tobacco, heroin, there are decreases in these dopamine receptors there are certain areas of the brain that seem to have cell degeneration after specific drugs of abuse. So yeah, there are many structural as well as functional changes. And then the big question is, brain imaging shows lots of pretty pictures, but the real question is, do these changes in the brain correlate to behavioral changes? And and we're starting to see some very nice linkages between the two. Could you give us a few examples? Sure. There are some studies. Uh, one study comes to mind of a group of methamphetamine abusers who have been studied, and their dopamine transporters are processes on the cells that take back up dopamine and out of the synapse, so kind of clearing the synapse. Uh, these are affected uh, by methamphetamine. And so we see changes in the dopamine transporters as well as changes in memory tasks and some psychomotor tasks that are are very consistent with the amount of damage in the brain or change in the brain.
0: As my children would say, I'm just really blown away how you can focus in on the molecular level. Can you, I know this is ridiculous to say, in simple terms, how would you identify the dopamine transporter? How do you see it? How do you visualize it? Could you just sort of give insights
1: to a novice like myself? Sure. Well, a a number of animal studies can do it chemically, and there are ways of getting chemicals that have labels or or tags that you can then inject and then slice up the brain and and look for these chemicals. But in humans, we have um, an imaging technique called positron emission tomography. So very low doses of uh, tracers are um, injected And these tracers have radioactivity, and basically to make it very simple, the radioactive molecules are attached to probes that then bind to the receptors. And so through lots of magic of of physics, chemistry, and statistics, pretty pictures come out showing where these molecules are taken up in the brain and how the brain is in fact affected by drugs or other disease states. Truly is
0: fascinating. Thank you for that explanation. Children go through psychosocial stages of development. Is there a correlation there or anything you could reveal about, be it neurotransmitter levels or specific correlations of brain area activity with the stage of psychosocial development the child is in?
1: I'm not really aware of any uh, clear comparisons of the stages, but certainly we know we're learning more and more about development of the child behaviorally and linking it to changes in the brain structure and anatomy and function.
0: The NIH study, MRI study of normal brain health that is now underway in which your institute is participating in,
1: has that gone far
0: enough to reveal any information you could share with us?
1: The answer to that is the study is just really getting underway, and so there have been some preliminary investigations started, but at this point, it's really starting to take shape right now, and and the studies are being decided on. So that really, it's a little premature, um, no pun intended, but it's uh, on its way.
0: As you can see, I'm a pediatrician, and this area would be just one more piece of valuable information I could share with my patients.
1: Sure. We're certainly very excited about the prospects of this study because really to understand the brain of someone who is in a disease state, you really must understand the normal brain and so um, and behavior. And so this would be a great boon for all of research.
0: I want to thank Dr. Joseph Frischella, who has been our guest, and we have been discussing brain development and addiction. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. I wish you good day and good health.